Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. It's a Friday, and my name's Jarf, and we are back with our special guest for this week, Brad. Welcome, Brad. Hey, everybody. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, it's been a great week and uh, looking forward to finishing strong. Let's finish it strong. And uh, a- as of now, Tierney is not able to join us today. She just she sent me a message in the bottle and she's still stranded at sea on the listener's lug- luggage raft, but hopefully she'll be able to pop in at some point. But we're, we're going to keep chugging along and talking about this week. And we are talking about minute 27 today so we have joe he's just summoned the mariachi band to play their magical song and then it it ends with a a very cute little outdoor scene of joe and Dee walking out of the restaurant so we, we we get some nice music cues in this minute that we can talk about and uh, and then a little bit of the actual score and and just all together fairy tale magic yeah it's this is a neat this is sort of one of the first scenes where there's actually a little bit of magic just um by how the music works and it's sort of where this movie starts becoming the film that it's going to be and after this, you're going to start seeing more color, and um, you know that's real exciting that we're at the beginning part of it. And I'm a sucker for this trope of the, the trope of there's music playing, be it someone playing the guitar or a violin or whatever, and then that very almost gradually turning into the the orchestral score. Mm, yes, I love that too. Uh, it's it's almost always done. Right. I can think of one instance where it was done terrible. Oh, what's that? Twister, where the uh, they're they're chasing the they're chasing one of the storms, and the orchestra is playing this just dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and all of a sudden it slowly morphs into the Van Halen song "Human Being." <laughs> okay. <laughs> which I believe was the last Van Halen song with Sammy Hagar. Uh, and even Sammy Hagar says, like, yes, that was a bad song. Mm. So uh, that's the one time I was like, oh, oh, they just did something really mean to me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite example uh, of yours? As I, w- The one that popped into my mind is the Kids in the Hall movie. I believe it was called Brain Candy. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you familiar with the movie? I am. I, I haven't watched it in a very, very long time. It, well, if you remember the conceit, there was some kind of drug that made people relive their happiest memory on a loop. And so they are doing this montage of various people who are taking that brain candy and they're reliving that happy moment. And so you get this shot of someone who they're awkwardly disco dancing and they're sort of mumbling to themselves. Won't you take me to, won't you take me to, won't you take... And then they pull in the full Funky Town track, seamlessly edited in together, as you're flipping from 
what people see when this person is just how they're acting when they're reliving it versus their internal experience of it. So it, it, it was a great way of conveying that idea. And then also you just hear a super catchy song and it's super fun. Yeah, it's a, um, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it was a very good, um, I'm having a tough time getting my thoughts. Yeah, that's a really good example. I'm trying to think, one example I have and it was very different was the movie Perfect World. And it was a Kevin Costner, Clint Eastwood one that uh, Clint Eastwood directed it. And they had this great, very uh, sort of Western jamboree music playing, but it was very sparse. And it played towards the end, and then that one was it swelled into it. And it was like a big emotional scene, and the impact worked really well. So, um, yeah, I think that's like my favorite example that I can think of. Uh, of course, it's not a big, a, a big movie. It wasn't one of uh, Costner or Eastwood's, um, it, it, one of their hits. But it is one that sort of I remember having a bit of impact. I, I, I'm not familiar with that movie, but, but now I want to at, at least dig up that scene because I, and I am just in general uh, a big old mark for a swell of music and swell of emotion. Now, obviously that gets deployed pretty cheaply on your sort of Hallmark movies where... I, I can discern the difference where it's the we're going to tell you exactly how to feel at every moment score versus a, 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 a more authentic this is that big moment type score. I, I'm not sure what that difference is, but I know it, I know it when I hear it. it. I guess it's a matter of it just being cleanly consistent throughout the whole thing where it's Oh, now is a silly scene. Doobie, 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 doobie. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you speak. So why don't we dig a little bit into the song the mariachi band is playing? So they're they're singing in Spanish, and so I thought to to give a little background on it, I just looked up a translation of it. So the song is on the street where you live, and. I'm going to give you a little excerpt from the lyrics and then and I'll post the whole it's, uh, the whole kitten caboodle in our Facebook page but just for a taste of it it says does enchantment pour out of every door no it's just on the street where you live so it, it's a very sweet love song looks like it was made famous by Nat King Cole who you, you know he's got that voice that can pretty much make any love song famous and i find it interesting that they they select that song with lyrics that are pretty closely connected to the scene but then there there's no way for us as the audience unless you speak spanish to know that's what the song is about right right like no subtitles. No, yeah, you definitely have to have somebody who took a couple of years of Spanish uh, sitting next to you to, to to even have a shot at it. I would say more specifically because I am someone who took a couple of years of Spanish, but someone who was a good student and retained <laughs> that information because it is actually valuable information to have. But no, you were in class with your younger brother, and you were more interested in goofing around and making wisecracks and not retaining anything. You took your you took Spanish with your brother. I remember your brother. Yep, Greg and I he he's just one year younger and since we went to a very small high school, we there there was just 
kind of limited Spanish instruction. And so they rolled a couple of grades together. And that that is really the only instance that my brother and I were in the same classroom. And all the other teachers were very happy that was the case because we only, we've, we've matured now, but back at that time, we only amplified each other's tendency to... <laughs> for, for tomfoolery. Yes, exactly. I could see that. And so the mariachi is playing and singing this in Spanish. And there's a lot of buildup to this song being one that will drive us insane and make our hearts explode. And and Meg Ryan, uh, Dee Dee looks like she's scared her. It will literally explode. <laughs> right. This may be her first metaphor. Right. <laughs> Nothing goes over my head. I would catch it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's intense for Dee Dee, but then there there's that beautiful musical segue, and and then we're just outside the restaurant. So I did we get a full payoff for the song the mariachi band is playing? It did it was was that a little bit oversold? What do you think? You know, I think they just. Oh, pardon me. I think they just wanted her eyes lighting up. Mm. They they wanted her, they just wanted the, oh my gosh, and how romantic it is. And then they, I think they, they were done with the dialogue. Right. So now it's time to sort of move forward into the next scene. So, and I, I sort of appreciate that. Go with the, the magical moment of it. And then the the important thing is, for that scene with the mariachi, they show up, they start playing. Meg Ryan, she's she's Dee Dee, she's just a glow, and really the dialogue is done, and they're hit that scene, and then they're going to move on to the next moment. And I actually think that's the right way to do it because uh, having more mariachi, I don't think that's ever a good thing. <laughs> Have the 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 great swelling moment and her falling in love, and then and then move to the next scene. Because there's still a lot of movie to go. So why not just sort of hit the sweet spot? Just hit the sweet spot. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that we gave you a moment to diss an entire musical style. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I agree in as much as the, the, the important part is the, the feeling of the scene. And kind of moving along that that magical moment we we don't need to see him ask for the check and for them to make their way out of the restaurant and 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 maybe it's a little awkward or so that's not what this movie is this movie isn't it isn't about realism anyway right you you know you should just go magically teleport to the next scene just magically teleport there is one actual important thing that we should point out here because it is a visual symbol that continues uh, throughout the movie in the progression of Meg Ryan's characters. So just before the end of the scene in the restaurant, Joe reaches out his hand and Dee Dee reaches to put her hand in his, but it's with a very tightly closed fist. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that we should just store away in our minds and and 
look for that pattern to repeat and perhaps change as the movie goes along. Okay. That, and it honestly isn't something that I kind of super picked up on back in the 90s when I saw this movie. And uh, I I definitely clued in on all the lightning bolt and, and, and we get on the billboard outside the restaurant, we get a little volcano. So it's like, ooh, so that kind of little... Easter egg, if you want to call it. Uh, this was one of the first movies that I found such things, and and I always delighted in finding them. But but this whole the the like hand in the closed fist, uh, th- this was new to me on this closer watching of it. So it, it's I think it'll lead to some interesting discussions when we get to the other Meg Ryan's, and I'm glad that you have could have you've created a very nice warm bed for those conversations to grow with your insights on Meg Ryan's career overall earlier in the week. But right now, like you said, we were in we're in magic land and it is about the fairy tale, which leads me to a new feature that we, I, I say we, I'm speaking for myself and Tyranny here. We wanted to launch it. We wanted to launch it with you as our guest. So from now on, we are going to have a segment we call Fairy Tale Friday. And we're asking each of our guests to share their favorite fairy tale in any medium. So, Brad, why don't you kick us off? What's your favorite fairy tale? That's a good one because uh, my my mom used to read us uh, like a lot of fairy tales when we were growing up. Uh, I do remember loving the Shelley Duvall uh, fairy tale theater, mm-hmm. uh, and especially I remember there was a, a pr- the Princess and the Frog with uh, Robin Williams and Robin Williams doing the Robin Williams thing, uh, which was uh, always entertaining. Uh, and I also really loved uh, the Fractured Fairy Tales, part of uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, right. Yes. But I think, like, my favorite, and maybe it doesn't count as a fairy tale, but I remember really loving uh, the, the, the Big Bad Wolf and the Three Little Pigs. Uh, I think that was one that my dad liked because my dad was – he 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 was a guy who worked with who works with his hands. Mm-hmm. So the, I don't know. It was something that's like, yeah, of course you would want to use wood, you know, for that. <laughs> who are these shoddy, <laughs> shoddy craft people building their house out of straw? What yeah, are they? That thinking? doesn't make sense. First rainstorm, but no, it was sort of a thing where though I remember sort of play acting that because we had our like uh, I would have my tool toy tool belt, so. Uh, and sort of like, oh, well, you know, and dad giving us like me and my cousin some boards is like, here, you can make it out of wood. It's like, all right. So I, I, I think that would be what I would have to say when I'm thinking through of the favorite fairy tale. It's just uh, uh, three little pigs in the big bad wolf. That is a nice one. So and it's not one that I've thought of since childhood. So uh, what what's the moral of the three little pigs in the is it? Is it preparedness? Yeah, it's preparedness. It's, it's sort of a story that I don't think is particularly told well from the moral standpoint. Then it's just, you know, the wolf went and he huffed and he puffed and he blew down the straw. It, they don't really make it a thing of like the, the third pig was the one who really understood, you know, proper zoning laws. <laughs> right. <laughs> I Because I don't remember any real distinction between the pigs. Yeah, they all worked equally as hard on their houses. It, it, it was just... You know, I think it's a lot of it's just the fun of 
having your mom or dad do the, and I'll huff and I'll puff and, you know, Mm -hmm. how comical and big they can make that. And then the end of it is just, they build a brick house, he tries to blow it down, he can't, and then he just gives up? Yeah, he just leaves. Okay. Of course, there have been variants of that where he's so exhausted and then, you know, the pigs eat him. Really? There have been a thousand different versions of it. A lot of those fairy tales, it's all... The general outline. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he eats the first two pigs or something along those lines. So, Oh. Yeah. You get, remember, fairy tales are dark. Fairy tales are very dark. Fairy tales are arts. And, and there's, there's two main interpretations of what a fairy tale is. Primarily, it's, it's the grim fairy tales. And most of them are dark and they have that element of magic and and sometimes a pig gets eaten but then there's the more colloquial interpretation where it's something is romantic we talked earlier in the week about julia roberts and in pretty woman she says i want the fairy tale so she 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 doesn't want magic she wants romance and so joe versus volcano is a little bit of the both it's a lot of the magic but then it also is is that kind of idealized well they're not in an ideal situation but you know what i mean to the walking hand in hand the swell of music an impossible situation and, and people falling in love so it's it's that kind of fairy tale and then it also is someone on a quest agreed i i, I thought i just i i <laughs> I huffed and I puffed and I ranted and I just blew you away with my <laughs> analysis. <laughs> so yeah, well, thank you for being our first uh, Fairy Tale Friday contributor, and and uh, super fun to give the Big Bad Wolf and the Three Little Pigs uh, the the cosmic Geppetto treatment that it's so sorely deserved, and uh, and it's been a blast just having you on the show this week you know it 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 just feels right it's great to be uh joining you for the fun and uh this has been a great time thank you so much yeah no problem so do you want to just give a a quick plug for how people can find cosmic geppetto again well uh we're on twitter on the cosmic 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 G-Pod, uh, our Facebook page is Cosmic Geppetto Listeners Page, and where Cosmic Geppetto Podcast is on your favorite, is on all your favorite podcatchers, and uh, we, would like it, we would love it when the listeners, your listeners can join our fun. Awesome. Thanks again. And now that we are several weeks in, I don't think that we, we have asked this of you yet, listeners, but we would love it if you could rate and review us in Apple Podcasts because uh, I'm given to understand that, that that helps algorithmically other people discover the show. I know a lot of people ask it at the end of their show, so I'm going to take it on faith that it's a thing that you should do. I, I, I like to do it for my favorite podcasts and, and, you know, give us, share your thoughts. Uh, we'll definitely listen to them. And, and uh, you know, if, if there's something that we can incorporate, we'd love to hear the suggestion. And, and also, I'll just shamelessly ask for you to give us a five-star review because that's what really get, 
lets other people know that this show is out here. Just just doing the important work of talking about Joe versus Volcano one minute at a time because no one else was going to do it. So so Cherry and I decided we were going to take that on. And Brad was nice enough to be our guest this week. Be our guest. Be our guest. Be our. Oh, you already were our guest. Tierney. You're, you're going to get sued for that. <laughs> that was That's under 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Oh my gosh, we've already been podcasting together too long. I, I think the only thing to do at this point is to head far, far away from the things of man. Away from the things of man. You stole my line! I did steal your line. You can't just swoop in at the very minute and get all the glory. Aw, man. You mean next week I'm going to have to actually record three podcast episodes? I know, right? Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It'll be fun. <laughs> it will be fun. That's a growler.